Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. If more people were educated on what's happening, they could take better action. And, you know, with the voting piece of it, um, you know, we're coming into an election. And pay attention to the policies. Pay attention to people's positions on things. And don't vote based on what initial is next to their name, whether it's an R or D, vote on what they stand for and what this country needs. Let's go. Welcome to Citizen. Today we got a special guest, Matt Schneider. You're a former uh, SWAT officer, undercover operator, VP of ops currently for Fit Pro Tracker. Did I get all that? He did. Also, um, we talked a bit about Dr. Lyon. Mm. Um, we were prepping. I'm the chief of operations for her company as well. Oh, word. For uh, mm-hmm. uh, what's the what's the name of the company? Well, it's the Institute of Muscle Centric Medicine. Good. I'm glad you it's, said it. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a bit yeah. of a bit of a tongue twister. Yeah, Gabrielle Lyon, who you remember from uh, Drinking Bros. If you watch, if you saw that episode, she's uh, functional medicine, I guess you could say, gut health, all that yeah. stuff. Um, so let's talk about you though since you're the one that's here um tell me a little bit about your upbringing how you ended up in law enforcement where'd you grow up and stuff i grew up all over southern california i mean um my background really just i mean it's centered around a revolving door of men uh coming and going my entire childhood my mom um you know she always would enter into relationships of uh if it didn't work out she'd just get divorced so she's on her ninth divorce currently um what that led to as a kid was a lot of restarts, a lot of moves, uh, going from one city or state to the next, one school to the next. And, um, um, but, you know, something that I really am actually very thankful for because of the resiliency that um, it's developed within me. And, and you know, when you look at the, the SWAT side of things and what I did with the U.S. Marshals team, um, the, the fact that uh, I always knew it was going to be okay and, um, the fact that we always have these restarts, I contribute to my ability to always stay really level-headed and um, one that doesn't act out of emotion and is much more responsive versus reactive. But uh, grew up all over Southern California, moved to Idaho, Eastern Idaho um, when I was a teenager, graduated from high school there, and then moved to Boise where um, I went to Boise State University, got a degree in psychology, and then um, got on with the sheriff's office in 2006. And then I was full-time with them till 2014. Um, I became an entrepreneur in 2013. And so I did both for a little while and stayed on as an admin reserve for um, a little while until 2019. And um, uh, then just transitioned fully into the entrepreneurial space. Sweet. 
Um, yeah, it's interesting the the way you describe. I, I guess the revolving door, or whatever you want to call it, or moving around a lot, or just instability in general, right? Um, mm-hmm. It is. Uh, <laughs> it's one of these lessons we learn that that pop up all over the place, whether it's in um, like core strengthening, fitness, or or you know your 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 ability to work under pressure or your ability to handle personal situations without being overreactive to them and stuff like that. Um, it is some low level version of that, almost like an inoculation early on that teaches you how to do that. There's, there's good research now that shows, um, rough housing with your kids, like doing wrestling moves on them or, you know, throwing them in the pool and shit like that, help mm-hmm. them develop a sense of confidence and low level conflict resolution that they wouldn't get otherwise with all of this safety as parenting. So, you know, I, I kind of, <clears throat> I had a, a not so great childhood my own self and definitely you know you become pretty resilient from it i mean one of the one of the uh i don't know if this is true for swat or or officers in general but one of the hallmarks of the special operations community is is they come from broken homes like 80 percent of mm. them some like a, a mm. an, an inordinate oh. amount of them come from broken homes and then the other thing is that they burn cortisol at a level that's a rate that's much higher than any any of their peers so that's pretty interesting that that it works out that way no matter you know what the circumstances it seems like you're training your body and brain for something yeah totally and i think probably also stepping into that protector and provider role much earlier on and just having i mean many more years of experience in it and um and much more repetition in stepping up as that protector as um as life goes on so um it's interesting about the cortisol piece as well. I mean, that, that also makes a ton of sense, but, um, yeah, man, I, I'm, I, I never, you know, talk to the teammates enough to know their, their background, um, to this degree, but, uh, you know, with you saying that I, I wish I would have, because, um, that is super interesting because that, that is a, a level, you have to stay level headed. Obviously, if you're going into an unknown circumstance, you, you know, you know, very few uh, things about what's going on inside or where the, where the dirt bag is and um and you just got to figure it out as you go you, you know one way to really get into trouble very quickly is to be um is to be working and, and acting and thinking with emotion um and uh the ones that do that they're they don't they don't last on the team very long at all uh yeah for sure i mean you know what we try to do is um you train your brain and body to react dispassionately i guess right i mean you can't Mm -hmm. if there's a level of emotion involved in some of these situations it can get out of hand pretty quickly you know what i mean yeah in a a bad way you make bad decisions emotional decisions are typically not good decisions i mean you know whether it's sadness or rage or whatever we do stupid shit or fear you know Mm -hmm. Uh, you can't you can't let yourself get involved in that what was it what so you, you go to um you go to college, finish that. What made you decide to join the sheriff's department rather than the military or city police or professional career or something like that? What was it about that? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, you know, when it came to the military, well, growing up, I, you know, I don't come from a, a family of, of veterans at all. And and um, so as I grew up, because we moved around so so much, I had, you know, very little exposure to um, 
to any sort of mentorship and um, and guidance from other like strong strong men and uh, certainly never interacted with any kind of recruiter or, or anything along those lines and so I always thought as a as a young man that the military is for old people like I thought it was like where where grown ass men went I didn't know that was something that um, you know was an option even after after school but um, when it came to the law enforcement side of it you know, it's a, it's a funny, stupid story, but I had, a, I was dating the bakery girl when I was a bag boy, um, in, in high school and, uh, it, things weren't working out with her. The spark just wasn't there, but, um, Lincoln McDonald, he was the checker at Albertsons and he had, he had something for, her. and I said, look, man, it's not working out between us, uh, but I'd be happy to make an intro to my girlfriend. <laughs> and so I intro them. They got married. He became a cop. And I guess as a thank you or something, he reached out one day and, and uh, took me for a ride along. Mm. And even though nothing of any significance happened uh, during that shift, I thought it was a really cool thing um, as to what law enforcement was doing out there. And, you know, as I was talking to him, he, he was like um, kind of one of the first guys that was um, standing up for, uh, you know, protecting others that couldn't protect themselves. And at any given moment, something could, could uh, kick off. And I thought that was really exciting. I thought the the unpredictability of what was happening was exciting, and and also just knowing that they were standing in that that fold between the wrongdoers and the people that just want to uh, live their life and and um, chase down the American dream. And so that planted the seed. So before I, I moved to Boise to go to Boise State, I went down to the Idaho State um, University. They have a a program down there where you get post certified mm -hmm. and so i went through it as nine month program which got i got patrol certified and then detention certified and that was my way of really just seeing whether or not that was a profession i wanted to um to do and i loved it i um i really enjoyed it so when it came time to uh moving down to boise after i graduated it was very clear i wanted to go down that path i really loved the um just the dynamic component of being in law enforcement, uh, I really gravitated towards the chaotic and, um, the, the, the dicier it was like the, the happier I was. And, um, and the more I found like I thrived. So it really just for whatever reason, based on my personality was something that I, um, really matched up with really well. Mm. Yeah. I think we all get that itch to do manly shit. I think, uh, People call it uh, your Hemingway moment or whatever, you know, when he goes off to the Merchant Marines or whatever the fuck he did. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if you're healthy, if you're a healthy man, that appeals to you, the sense of adventure and whatever the fuck, mm -hmm. right? We're kind of programmed that way. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, it takes what well, well, I, I think as we we've become more civilized and civilization has grown more it's it's kind of leaned maybe away from the adventure part as a primary concern and then towards the provide and protect part right a little mm -hmm. bit more um mm -hmm. i think it's really important especially for people who didn't experience that as a child from a strong male i think maybe you crave it even more than a normal person would and it's a big problem for dudes because they don't know how to articulate that even to themselves so they mm -hmm. feel this sense they feel this urge they feel this sense of uh, uh, this this need to go do something like that to to serve their community. They can't figure out a way to do it, or they sometimes they can't even articulate it themselves. That's what they're needing, and it feels you feel useless, alone, which are the mm -hmm. worst things you can feel as a man, right? Um, yeah. And you know, one of the big issues, <clears throat> excuse me, in our society these days, is that we no longer have these rites of passage that kind of give 
structure and guidance to aggressive young men to put mm -hmm. them out in the world in places where they need to be. Um, so it's interesting that one kind of just organically popped up around you. I don't think that happens for most people, frankly. Yeah, I'm thankful for it. I, I, and I, I mean, you know, it's anybody's guess what direction I would have gone had that opportunity not presented itself, you know, because as, as you and I know, this whole topic of masculinity and, and being that protector and having a level of aggression, even if it is to protect other innocent people, um, it's largely frowned upon by, um, by a good portion of society and whether they realize what it is or actually even, um, suggesting by way of reducing masculinity, you know, you take that in, in conjunction with, you know, reduced testosterone over the decades and, you know, the, the, you know, um, the, this 10 plus years of, you know, the Beyonce's and the others talking about how it's a woman's world and, um, you know, they don't need men and men are essentially good for nothing. It just, it's a recipe for weakness. And as we know, you know, weakness causes really hard times and, um, is, is a big factor in what is we're even experiencing in this country and even around the world. Yeah, it definitely is. And, um, you know, I mean, part of, in the military, we talk about readiness a lot, like, okay, it, like, and it, and it, it is all encompassing. Do we have the right logistic setup to be able to deploy? Are our people actually ready to not just deploy, but to, to thrive in the deployment, right? Um, we don't really think of things that way in the civilian world for some reason. I don't know why. I mean, it's the same thing, right? Like we, you, you need, you need, uh, readiness and resilience amongst, your doers, whomever they happen to be, right? Um, like, mm -hmm. and, and this isn't just a man thing either. Like, men need to be ready to do the things men do, and, and women need to be ready to do the things that women do. Um, and yeah, that that the lack of that very clearly defined rite of passage is a real problem for us because it isn't like we're not trying to affect a particular outcome or another. It's like mm -hmm. really just a crucible for you to find out what you can handle and what you can't maybe get better at some of those things. But specifically you're going to be good at something. There's something you're going to be good at for some people. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, listening and, and processing information and turning complex ideas into simple ones. For some people, it's going to be athletic shit. You know, it's, it's going to be a little bit different for everybody, but how, how are you ever going to know, right? Without that, without the boy scouts or without whatever. Right. And, and mm -hmm. that's, that's not, not just, it's not an a la carte thing. It's just woven into the fabric of society. Right. And we just don't have yeah. that shit anymore. And we're having a really hard time trying to, trying to recreate that, to be honest. I'm not sure how that's going to go. I know a lot of people are doing these programs for young men and stuff like that, but it's like one weekend out of the year, once in your high mm -hmm. school years is not going to do it, man. It needs to be like literally mm -hmm. part of society. Otherwise it's never going to really work. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's, um, I think it's a, it's really a matter of leaning into doing hard things. And, you know, I, I, I've got a 14 year old son and, um, you know, who I, who I allow to be in our ethers, um, the, the environmental exposure that I allow for, um, our son, all of that stuff matters because of, um, who he is identifying to be role models and, um, you know, of course, one weekend 
doing something for a father son that's going to create memories but it's not going to create change it's not going to create lasting change um you know i, I really love what um you know matt Drow and, and and tim kennedy are doing with the apogee program you know things like that are really necessary they're really really needed because it's ongoing um development for young men and for uh, their dads um and you know our son goes to a, a private school where the headmaster is now doing um, some curriculum stuff for the Apache program. And, and so they're starting one here locally too. So our son right now goes to this private school and they say the pledge of allegiance, you know, they put up and take down the flag. Um, they don't allow any of the, the woke related stuff. There's no books that talk about, um, transgender, you know, chicks with dicks and Mm -hmm. dudes with boobs and any of that stuff. And so I think that's, I see that as an obligation to my son and to the next generation and to be not uh, exposing him to things that confuse him or things that um, quite frankly, just don't do society and uh, this country any favors. Yeah. You know, you mentioned something before about heroes. It matters who heroes are in society. You know what I mean? It used to be, I, mm-hmm. we, we did a panel in Vegas last week and I talked about this a little bit. Um, we used to have heroes like Jimmy Stewart, the actor who uh, retired as a major general in the air force um, or, you know, uh, Ted Williams, who left his Hall of Fame baseball career twice to serve this country and fight in actual mm-hmm. combat. Um, mm-hmm. And more recently, people like Pat Tillman or Tim Kennedy, mm-hmm. right, both of whom were at the top of their game in professional sports, but mm-hmm. still served their country at the same time at the highest levels that you can serve your country. And now it seems like, you know, who are kids emulating now? Right. Because it's sure as shit isn't these guys. And, yeah. uh, you know, we can uh, I've I've really grown tired of this uh, proclivity we have to shit talk the next generation or two and say, oh, these kids these days like you made those motherfucking kids, dude. Mm-hmm. I don't know who are you talking about? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's like uh, yeah. that's like Bill Gates complaining about Microsoft. Like, oh, Microsoft mm-hmm. sucks. Like, OK, mm-hmm. well, you fucking made it. But yeah. um, like what what? What happened with us where, whether it was, I mean, for mine and your generation, it was the latchkey kit thing. We raised ourselves, our television did, and that just kind of mm-hmm. got amplified as time was more technology and more TV stations and whatever the fuck else came out. You know, we, we were raised by digital media, by mm-hmm. propaganda, frankly, right? Mm-hmm. They told you that masculinity wasn't the best thing, maybe, mm-hmm. right? That's That's mm-hmm. a... That's a watered down version of what they really said. Obviously, they were it's like sitcoms and sitcoms and talk or a daytime television have been trashing men for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine. Like if if like I like comedy as much as the next guy, but if the message behind it is that masculinity is bad and we need to do something about that, we can't really blame the kids that come out acting like bitches you know what i mean mm-hmm. like we're the ones yeah. that let them sit down in front of that fucking device and watch that shit for 20 years as they grew mm-hmm. up and now they don't move out and get a job or like well what happened like well they're not yeah. a fucking man that's what happened and they're not a man because you didn't make them one All right All right <laughs> yeah it's a tough pill for them to swallow but i mean that you, that's the truth there's there's no arguing that and then you know uh something you said before as well um, about, I guess, gravitating towards chaos mm. um, is something that, you know, I think a lot of people who listen to this will 
they'll they'll feel that like it makes sense it'll make sense to them because they they certainly experience something similar um i wonder for you though because this is a problem for guys coming back from deployment or when they get out of the military and shit when you go back into normal life to civilian life where it's not all you know high tempo chaos and shit like that it can be difficult to slow back down and then it can really have a negative impact a negative effect on your personal relationships because you're Mm -hmm. spinning at 72 rpms and everybody else is spinning at 45 and you got to like figure that out i wonder from your case or in your case rather when you were younger especially um did that propensity for chaos like have a really did it have a bad impact on your personal relationships and then how did you overcome that if if that was the case obviously when i was when i was in before uh swat and mm-hmm. law enforcement or afterwards uh yeah well i mean I, I guess answer that however you want but yeah both of those yeah i mean i would say especially after leaving the the swat team you know spending five years as an entry operator you know a couple years with the u.s marshals that was a, the fugitive team where we chased down the the most violent uh criminals out there um I really felt like I was in my element when I was doing that, but my wife hated it because my, my phone would go off and um, I'd be out the door in a few minutes and she wouldn't know where I was going and she wouldn't hear from me for, uh, you know, sometimes 10 hours and sometimes a day. And um, that really took a toll on her and it took a toll on her relationship. And so I, um, you know, I committed early on when I, was aware of what the revolving door of men and these constant restarts was doing to myself and my siblings that I was never going to do that. Um, when I grew up, you know, when I was a kid and, you know, I'm I'm 10 years old sitting in my room with a friend, we're looking at these trophies on the wall and I've got, you know, basketball and I've got soccer and, and baseball and these trophies, there's five or six of them there and they have three different last names on them. And, you know, there's a point where when you're a kid, you don't know what, um, what other households are like, and you just think your normal is everybody else's normal. And so, you know, my buddy's asking me about why I've got these different last names. And, and I tell him, well, it's because my mom just gets remarried. And, and I guess I just take the last name. I don't know. And, um, I'm like, wait, you don't, you don't have trophies with different last names on it. That's not the same for you. And he's like, no, I forgot my trophies all have the same last name. My, my dad's my dad. And that was when I really realized that, um, what was happening inside the house, the, this, this lack of, of, of commitment to the, um, to the relationships was, uh, was having, well, like it just wasn't normal. And that's when I was like, I'm not going to do this. I'm, when I grow up, I don't know how many kids I'm going to have, but I'm not going to expose my family and myself to this. I'm going to break the cycle. And, um, and so when I started seeing the negative impact it was having on, on my relationship with my wife and, uh, our young son, um, I knew that if I kept doing it, that I was, I was likely going to continue down the path that ultimately many law enforcement and uh, military do, which is divorce. And I just, I, I was not going to repeat the cycle. And, um, and so I, I lashed onto that and lashed onto the, the real big picture about the next generation and, um, and what my son was going to be exposed to. And I was not going to put him through a scenario where he had, um, a binuclear family. And he was sharing his weekends between the two people that he loves and cherishes the most. Um, and so that's where I went to undercover narcs 
from uh, from there, but then ultimately transitioned to entrepreneurism in uh, in 2013. Um, once I did that, it became a matter of like you'll you'll never replace the high uh, and the adrenaline of going into the shit. Like you know, my my wife, son, and I we've been doing jujitsu since 2017, and um, you know it that's our that's our legal way of of doing constant you know um person to person combat you know in a in a healthy way uh, but that doesn't come close to the the door kicking and you know the engagements and and the scenarios that you're involved with in law enforcement and military um so i had to figure out what that next thing was going to be that was going to be fulfilling to me and was really going to be something i could develop a passion for um and uh, and i knew that if i didn't do that i would feel this sense of of constant anxiety, a constant feeling of loss because of what what I was doing, and I never also wanted to to be have a, what I call that Uncle Rico syndrome, where I would always look in the rearview mirror and think my best days were behind me. I, I I never want that to be the case, and so I just um, figured out what it was that that um, developed passion that I would look forward to every day, and started chasing that down with the same type of tenacity that I once had when I was um, on SWAT. Mm, yeah i mean you got to find something right mm-hmm. it's um i was talking to uh brian callen about this the other day um this episode is also brought to you by BlackRifleCoffee.com, the best coffee in the world as a matter of fact they won both the gold and bronze medal at the golden bean awards this year for their exclusive coffee club entries in the elite category so the best coffee on earth literally was Circus Bear by Black Rifle, one of their ECS. So I recommend that you go sign up for the Black Rifle Coffee Club. Use the code CITIZEN. You're going to get those points off. And, uh, you know, you get all the benefits from being in the coffee club. You get the free shipping. You get access to all the partner deals. Uh, uh, You get access to the exclusive coffee club. You get access to any new products that come out before anybody else does. You know, it's a very large club that they have over there. And the coffees are premium. Every single one of them is good. Uh, you, you're going to get experience for you. You can do just the plain coffee club. And if you want your two bags of, of uh, espresso or your two bags of silence or smooth or whatever it is you drink, you can get those two bags or one bag or whatever you want every month or and or rather you can use the ECS, the exclusive coffee club and get access to some of the most premium coffees on the planet and kind of learn what it is that you like. You know what I mean? So then you can order those premium coffees from Black Rifle as well. So, and we all know they got the best branding, the best merch, and their buddies. You know, we're all friends here. Uh, we love Black Rifle. So go to blackriflecoffee.com, sign up for the coffee club, or buy something. Do whatever you want. Um, use the code CITIZEN. You're going to get those points off. It used to be the thing in, in Roman culture, in Greek culture, in Mongol culture, and, and, and many others throughout history, that there were... Um, there was kind of a, an ascension ritual, if you want to call it that, uh, when people left military service or police or whether it was a city guard or something like that, when they left service, there was some kind of ritualistic thing that happened where, um, you know, at the at the end of your service, you were recognized for your accomplishments by society, and then you were put on track to use the skills and shit that you learn to do other, become a statesman, become a business owner, mm-hmm. whatever the case is. Right. Um, that's another thing we just don't have anymore. Right. It, it's, mm-hmm. we just kind of like, Oh, thanks 
for your service or some platitude. Here's a gold mm-hmm. watch. Now get the fuck out. You know, right. uh, you got 90 days to find new health insurance or whatever the right. fuck. Right. I mean, that's kind of how it goes mm-hmm. these days. Um, <clears throat> and we th- we look at these things like expenses too. I think that's a big problem because we do this in our own lives as well. And I think that's why we've gotten into the shape that we're in now. Uh, we th- we look at these things on our ledger as an expense, as a cost instead of an investment. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, the way that you, the way that you maintain your force and the way that you, the, and this is true of any force, whether it's your business or your, or the military or your family, right? The way that you maintain it, the way that you invest in it and stuff like that. And the way you transition it from one stage of life to another really fucking matters. It matters how you mm-hmm. do this stuff, right? It matters yeah. the time, attention and care you give those things. And, um, you know, that's what culture really is. It's not about like, oh, my culture eats this kind of food or that kind of food. Culture stands up around the principles that it mm-hmm. that it believes in, right? And that's that's yeah. the true measure of culture. So, you know, when our culture gets infiltrated by stupidity, like cultural Marxism, for example, that trashes anybody that would defend the collective against the state, that's one of the primary factors of cultural Marxism is to make sure that nobody's strong enough to take on the state so the state mm-hmm. can rule everything. Um, that's what happens, right? When you don't, when you don't have those strong cultural power centers, uh, you become susceptible to pretty much everything, to be honest, to bad ideas, but also to authoritarianism, which is quite a bit worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. And we're seeing it all around us. We're, you know, go, go back to the, the weakness piece of it, you know, um, the, the way in which people look to the government constantly to be that, that, uh, knight in shining armor to come and solve all their problems. Um, I see as one of the greatest threats, um, to, to our society right now, because the government is more than happy to step in and, and say, we got this right. And, uh, was it Reagan that said, um, you know, be careful of, of, uh, the government saying we're here to help. Mm. He said, um, that's the scariest words in the English language. I'm here from, I'm from the government. I'm here to help. Right. Yeah. And, but there's a lot of people that are like, Oh, thank God you're here. Um, you know, th- these are all my problems, solve them for me. And meanwhile, I'll be over here, um, co- you know, collecting whatever check you want to send that, uh, that you'll write from the, the treasury that we actually don't have the funds to, to back up. And we don't care, you know, how in debt we are to our adversaries and we don't care where the money comes from, but just solve my problems. And I really, you know, I think I see the acceptance of. Uh, people's willingness to allow the government to creep in more and more and more um, as as being something where people don't even realize they're they're being they're frog being cooked and um, and what the long term effect of that actually is. Yeah. And it sucks, man. I mean, you know, it, it's if you if you dwell on it, it can seem um, like an impossible problem to solve, like it's, you know just shitty i mean but but i don't think so i think it's it all it, it certainly sounds bad um but i tell people all the time that it's actually good news i mean it's good news because we caused it and that means that we can fix it you know what i mean like it's just the individual actions of the majority that change all this stuff just saying no to things that are stupid refusing to participate in other people's delusions things like that are very helpful um Every structure from, you know, the physical world to the mental, spiritual world, whatever you want to call it, however you want to phrase that, um, to all of society, every structure is stronger when the base is the, at its strongest, right? 
That's mm-hmm. that's why we started the country we we did with decentralized power, states' rights, individual rights, and things like that. For the first time in human history, right? We did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact is, when the state is big, the citizen is small. And mm-hmm. if 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 you're always if enough people, if a critical mass of people have their hands out, um, or are you know are willing to let government solve problems in mass like that, then the state gets big and the citizen gets smaller and smaller under its weight. And that's how it'll go. That's how it will always you mean go. Like, you, mean, you mean like the 6 million people that are in our country now, um, plus all the other ones that were here before? Uh, that, eight, um, eight million in the, in the last three years, eight million. And we've got about in the last 15 years, about 20 million. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it like that. Like that's yeah. Yeah. Not, you know, when you say we can fix it, you know, what, what does that even look like without a massive reset? How do we, how do we fix the fact that by design, and I, I believe it's by design. I believe that, um, you know, the George Soros's and, and all of, all of his cronies and the people that are out there that want this to happen because knowing how they're going to vote, um, you know, 60 plus percent of them are going to vote, uh, on the blue side. They're going to, you know, they're going to be, um, voting for bigger government so like, how do we how do we fix it when um w- those odds are stacked so so hard against us it's like the it's like the the future we can see the writing on the wall you know um in the next decade right with um with the way things are going unless we do something but what does that even look like well i mean you know paying attention helps sunlight's the best disinfectant um, so I think, you know, the, the first step in any kind of situation is for to get people to admit there's a problem. We even have liberal politicians now like, all right, mm-hmm. the border's kind of fucked up. Maybe we should do something, which is interesting because mm-hmm. usually in a democratic, um, th- this has happened in the last couple, actually, the last couple of democratic uh, presidencies. But usually after the first two years of the first term is where they turn around. Obama, um, about what was it 20 months into his first term um revamped his entire immigration policy and he ended up deporting more people than all previous presidents combined right. by the yeah. end of his uh tenure. yeah uh, what they call him the, the deporter in chief or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah, yeah. they call him uh for some reason it took biden longer i don't know if, if he just woke up or if it took for a while for his meds to kick in um, but now they're not even trying to fix it. They're just trying to redirect blame onto Republicans, which is, you know, that's typical pol- political bullshit. But right. as far as how you can fix it. So, you know, this is the case. You do um, business growth strategy and things like that. And mm-hmm. a lot of our friends do motivational speaking or life coaching or whatever, however you want to call it. Like, here's here's some t- tips you can use to um, – to get your life, get your feet back under and get your life on track the way you want it to be. Or you can think about it in terms of uh, uh, like a sports coach, baseball coach. Let's say your swing is fucked up, right? You don't go mm-hmm. out to to the park and try to do home run derby to fix your swing. You break your swing mm-hmm. down into little increments. I can't fix hunger, but I can fix this dude's hunger right now, right? So this is this is why we created the system of government we did decentralized with more power at the base is because that's how you solve most problems in life. You start with the smallest problem and you start fixing that, right? You pick that piece of garbage up off the ground or you help that person, you hold the door for that person. 
uh, and then you graduate a little bit higher and you start you start building an army of people who are doing this right inspire motivate other people hold them accountable to do the same thing and then you know you it, it, you'll be surprised that's why admiral mccraven gave that speech a couple of years ago about making your bed is because these little decisions you make throughout the day become who you are that becomes your character and when enough mm -hmm. people do that you become resistant to this stuff now that sounds in some ways it sounds like a platitude like oh just do the right thing and you'll have a good outcome it's not always that simple but in this case um, there are some pragmatic things you can do about immigration for sure I mean don't find out companies that hire these people that put them on and don't as much as it hurts you, don't fucking buy from them. It's easy. And I'll tell you what, during Trump's tenure, when there, the restrictions on I-9s were hiring illegals were higher and the their ability to move back and forth across the border, we had more people. There were more immigrants leaving the country than there were coming here at that time because, mm -hmm. they one, they knew they were actually going to get arrested and not just, like, Here's a here's two thousand bucks. Good luck in the country or whatever the fuck. Um, and two, they knew that once they got here, the profitability for working here was anymore. So mm -hmm. you know you, what your part is. One, obviously, make smart decisions when you're voting, and don't vote for people who are just gonna fucking threaten to send the national guard here and force us to reopen our goddamn border in Texas. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, right. you know, who how you spend your money matters. Who you patronize matters. If you're going to Walmart and Target and any of these other companies. Uh, uh, a lot of construction companies as well who, who hire legals and put them on and stuff like that, then you're fucking, you're, you are actively contributing to the problem. So I don't want to hear you bitching about it, right? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, and chop them out from, from the knees. I mean, I completely agree with you and it's, um, it's paying attention. It, that's really what it is, is paying attention to what's going on. And like you said, um, you know, it, it, the, the knowledge component of it is something that, um, that if more people were educated on what's happening, they could take better action. And, you know, with the voting piece of it, um, you know, we're coming into an election and pay attention to the policies, pay attention to people's positions on things and don't vote based on what initial is next to their name, whether it's an RRD, vote on what they stand for and what this country needs. Um, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. We're very particular about where we where we go and, and who we support and who we endorse and where we spend our money, um, you know, and and if, if uh, the masses all do the same, you know, people vote with their wallets and companies will ultimately pay attention to it. We just need more people to be paying attention to um, who is supporting America first and, and supporting our veterans and, and what our country's needs are versus the, the company and people that aren't. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, that's a, that's a big part of it. And then, you know, there's, a, there's always the short and long-term fix to an issue, right? Like the short-term fix um, to your diet might be 
and that when I say diet, I don't, I don't mean going on a diet. I mean changing the way you eat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my, my buddy, uh, Travis Chappell, like just counted all of his calories and macros for a month. He's like, I, I don't feel that great, but I feel like I'm eating pretty well, so I'm going to count literally everything I put into my body for a month, and I'm going to go look at it and see if it matches with you know the kind of outcome I'm looking for. And it was mm-hmm. way off. It was way mm-hmm. off from what he thought. He, you know what I mean? Just collecting the data sometimes. Will mm-hmm. will make you uh, keenly more aware, more keenly aware of, of exactly what's going on in that particular situation. So you know, paying attention certainly helps. I mean, because <clears throat> we have been very asleep at the wheel for a very long time. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and the short term version for this is certainly like the the thing you can do immediately is to stop spending your money or your vote on people who don't have this country's best interest in mind. You know what I mean? Uh, buy less shit on Amazon. Go to a local store and buy things if you can. Uh, mm-hmm. Buy meat from people that you know. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. There's, mm-hmm. a, lot of, there's a lot of different ways you can uh, iterate on that. And then for the larger problems, I mean, just becoming more resilient as a community. This shit doesn't happen to strong communities. It happens to weak communities. And, and so, again, like, we've got to take some blame for this because we're the ones that cause this shit through inaction and just being kind of like there, there's this like nihilistic flippancy to people's political views these days where it's like uh, for, for a lot of people, especially men who are just like, oh, I'm not going to vote. Fuck that. I'm a black pill, dude. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in any of this shit anymore. Anyways, it's all going to crash. So what's the fucking point? Well, it definitely is now that you said that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're <laughs> yeah, you're you're effectively speaking that into existence by refusing to take responsibility for your own actions. And that's quitter pussy bullshit. So far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's giving up. It's um, it's just rolling over and, you know, and, and like you were talking about earlier, the, the strength is in the numbers. Um, you know, if we have, if we have the numbers paying attention, to what's going on, you know, your buddy that tracked his own, his own data points, you know, his macros and calories and all that shit. Um, those were his numbers that he could he could be sure were correct numbers and um you know paying attention to to if you're going to look at data quote unquote data pay attention to the source um and make sure that the the data is actually real and um if if it's a sponsored survey or or a sponsored poll or something pay attention to who's sponsoring those kinds of things and, and where the special interests are um and then certainly take action you know, the, the answer is not to just throw in the towel or, or throw your hands up and, and um, be frustrated and count on somebody else to do the voting for you um, or take action for you because their vote may be the exact opposite of how you would vote or their action may be the exact opposite of what you would have done. Mm. Uh, and so, um, you know, you don't have a right to bitch and complain about what's going on if you're not going to be an active participant in being part of the change and part of the solution. Yeah, Plato said, um, if you refuse to take part in your own governance, you're doomed to be ruled by fools, right? I mean, and that's, mm-hmm. that. it's nature abhors a vacuum and uh, weak little sneaky fuckers love it. They love that shit. You know what I yeah. mean? Because they very rarely will someone like Lindsey Graham um, succeed on their own merit. They're little worms, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They succeed mm-hmm. on the fucking backs of other people. Um, yeah. And yeah. That, that, like if you refuse to get involved, whether it's locally or federally in governance, 
then that's that. Those are the motherfuckers. I mean, look at just look at Congress, man. These are the this, uh-huh. this is the best we could do for real. Like, there's no right. way that's true. This, this is right. just the people who um, were conniving enough or egocentric enough or whatever to get involved in this shit. And the reason they it's it's not a reflection of american society as it should be it's a reflection of our complacency which is a fucking yeah. really damaging thing for a country right because not only does it have the immediate impact that it's having which is not great but it also like when we when we talk about projecting strength to the rest of the world and such um to keep our shipping vessels from getting attacked for example uh yeah. that happens when we're strong and we're protecting yeah. or when we're projecting strength and, and competence not when we're bumbling you know and can't get right. out complete sentences or even when we're infighting all the time none of this shit helps me and um it's like the the really unfortunate part is <clears throat> except for a few social issues for the most part there's a couple of economic ones as well but mostly social issues most people agree on most shit it's like i don't Mm -hmm. i want to keep more of my own goddamn money that i worked for i want and i don't want anybody telling me what to do those are two pretty like most people agree with that now people's brains get warped like oh this is evil or that's bad or that's wrong so i don't want that person to be able to do that and the, the trick to that is to you know convince people that Liberty only exists if it exists for everyone all the time, right? Mm-hmm. You don't like if if you get to limit other people's liberty, then you're just an authoritarian of a different type, right? That's not acceptable. We can't accept that kind of shit. So yeah. you know, and it only comes with responsibility. You you give if you, if you don't act responsibly with the with the liberty you've been afforded, then people will try to take it away from you. That's the way it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it will be a taking. Uh, uh, away and you know you made a, a good point about the local and federal that's also a really important point to emphasize is the local politics um and who it is that is getting put in office as you know in as mayors and governors and senators um because the the local side starts to shape the federal side and that it's it's much easier to to pay attention to what's going on in your own town in your own state and be active in what's going on there and making sure that whoever is getting sent up to the Hill um, to represent you are, are people that, you know, you're voting for, or at least you're doing your part when it comes time to, to go into the polls. Um, but that local side can't be under uh, understated. Um, we're paying so much attention to what's having, you know, happening at the white house, uh, but what's happening in your own town and city and what's happening in your own school boards and, um, and all the elected officials, you know, that, that, um, your neighbors with, are you paying attention to what's happening there? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And it, you know, it kind of sets the stage for everything else. What, like, uh, my friend Greg Hurwitz likes to say, it's a, a character in one of his books. Um, and it's reductive, sure. But how you do anything is how you do everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, every time you do the right thing, it gets easier. And every time you do the wrong thing, it gets either easier and it scales as well. That's, that's something that we, you know, don't think about much as human beings the scalability of our virtue. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the way we do these little things, the way we treat people that we don't know, for example, they don't have anything to offer us or the way we behave when other people aren't around to judge us or whatever the fuck. That yeah. is the discipline that carries over into your actual life and the ones mm-hmm. that scale. Uh, Andrew Jackson said that one man with courage makes a majority, right? It's because it inspires people. It's hard to be a coward when somebody else is mm-hmm. doing something courageous. Most people find mm-hmm. it very difficult. 
Um, mm -hmm. It's kind of, I guess, the inverse of <clears throat> the bystander effect, but mm -hmm. on a much larger scale. Um, it's hard to sit around and do nothing when other people are doing shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. The, it's why the infantry motto is follow me, right? It's like, mm -hmm. uh, we got this, just jump on board or whatever. Um, and look, not every problem is as serious as charging into fucking battle with bayonets fixed. I'm, I'm keenly aware of that. But, you know, if you treat it with the same attitude, then you'll get successful results, right? That's how it works. That's There's a reason that most businesses and governments copy paramilitary organizational structures because they fucking work, right? Um, mm -hmm. the, the process of planning out an operations order and then fragment order that come in later and stuff like this, this whole process for complex problem solving. It works. I'm not saying that you yeah. need to fucking have your kids at parade rest making their bed in the morning and all this crazy bullshit. What I'm saying is how you do these little things matters, right? That, that is, that is the test bed. That's, that's your research, right? That's you working out that you're working out your fucking discipline muscle. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, you should enjoy life. I so like these, um, I, I make fun of Jocko all the time for being all serious and recording everything in black and white, but he has as much fun as anybody else. But like sure. you, people get drawn into that part and think they have to live that black and white scowl face life all the time, but you're, you're, you're getting the wrong message from it. What he's telling mm -hmm. you is that develop that discipline so you can enjoy life, right? Mm -hmm. That's the point. Yeah. 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 Yeah, man. Um, yeah, dude, I totally agree. So what, um, we're going, we're coming into election season. What's on your mind as we come into this whole the craziness that's, uh, that's going on. Um, uh, just the silliness of it all is, it always strikes me this time of year. Um, like the way that someone who's been in the public eye for 50 years, who's done things a certain way, even during this presidency is all of a sudden trying to shift the narrative a little bit. Like I pay mm -hmm. attention. I, I think it's, this is another skill you can learn that will really benefit you in your personal life. Uh, does someone's actions meet their fucking statements? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it, mm -hmm. it, are you finding major incongruities in the things people are saying and what they're doing? If so, you need to fucking disassociate from that person immediately. Yeah, um, that's hypocrisy is what that is. is. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's shallow. And the, the real problem with it, especially in politics these days with Citizens United, thank you, uh, Mitt Romney, for that, is that <clears throat> that person with shallow roots and bankrupt principles is for sale to the highest bidder, right? Mm -hmm. So whomever can fucking, it, it, it's a different version of might makes right. You don't have to have the strongest army anymore. You just have to have enough Bitcoin mm -hmm. to pay, pay off some fuck face politician to do what you want. Right. And right. shape society yeah. the way you want. Uh, that's what I think about. I think about, I don't give two fucks about candidates. I care about the constitution. I care about, mm -hmm. you know, doing what's right, supporting what's right at the look from the lowest level, all the way up to the top. I think we get, we, we're, we're stuck in this hero worship syndrome for some reason. Like you mentioned earlier about, yeah, somebody, some shining knight from the government's going to come save me. Like the, no, they're not dude. They're Vikings. They're going to come rape and pillage your town is what's really mm -hmm. going to happen. And they're going to ask you to thank them for the privilege. So fuck right. all that. I mean, that's what I think about every political season, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. I don't, I, you know, I think um, I think the 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 hypocrisy thing that you bring up is a really important part of it, because 
um, at the end of the day, how you lead yourself and how you lead your family is what you can do right here, right now. And, you know, I know for, um, I took my, my son to school today and on the, you know, on the trip this morning on the way in, you know, I'm talking to him about, he didn't do his chores and, um, and so he's got a load of laundry in the, in the, um, washer machine. And I'm asking him, did he get paid for his, for his, uh, allowance? Mm. And he's like, yeah, I got paid. And I said, so, so, so what does that mean if you're getting paid for, for work you didn't do? I said, that that's called welfare. And, um, I said, that's, that's not how we operate. That's, that's not what this family is about. If you're going to, um, if you're going to say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. And if you make a commitment, you're going to keep it. And it was a, it was a cool opportunity for him and I to connect on it. And, um, you know, he listens to, to Ben Shapiro and stuff, you know, one day walk in, he's like got Ben Shapiro, he's 14 years you old. You mean the ra- the rapper Ben Shapiro? So you're talking yeah, about yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've heard uh, of that. Tom, Tom McDonald. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I heard that the other day. Um, but you know, we're, we're, we're having this conversation and, and, um, and it starts in the home. And so, you know, when you talk about how you do anything is how you do everything, you know, if, if there's one thing that, uh, I really operate off of, I got core values and, and the, the, the number one core value is to burn the ships mm. and, and anything that I do and anything that this family does, cause I can control what I can control. And, um, and that's that we never do anything with one foot in one foot out. And, um, you know, we, we always operate with this victory or death mindset. And so I took the opportunity this morning to talk about, you know, a bigger picture thing. Cause he's 14 years old. He's got hair growing on, uh, you know, his armpits and all over his body. And he doesn't want to be treated like a child anymore. But, um, if he's going to be, if he wants to be treated like an adult and, and, um, you know, kind of going back to that rite of passage thing, he needs to understand that there's a transition that he needs to make mentally and, um, and how in everything that we do, we are to follow through with whatever commitments we make and we do it with everything that we've got. And we, uh, we burn the ships. We failure is never an option. Um, and so I think that if, if more conversations like that are happening within the home and, and, you know, um, dads to their sons and, and moms, to their daughters and across the family, it's a way in which we can get our, our, our next generation to be stronger than, than ours. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good point for real. Um, burn the ships, by the way, for the, for the audience as a reference to Cortez, when he entered the Americas, like burned all their ships. They're like, we live here now, so there's no going back. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, the building that, like just fully committing to things is, is a pretty good idea. Don't, uh, yeah. don't half-ass things, whole-ass things, you know, as Ron Swanson likes to say. But, yeah, that's super important is to, you know, take ownership of what's going on around you. You know what I mean? I mean, it mm-hmm. is. Not only will it make you better at solving those problems and navigating things in your life, but it also, you know, if you – there's something called the IKEA effect where it's a psychological principle where if you receive something that's already been 80% assembled but you finish the last 20% and put it together – you feel a greater sense of pride and ownership over whatever that happens to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so not only is it going to help you navigate those situations, but now you feel you're, like you're, you're scratching that purpose itch. You know, what mm-hmm. I, you know what I mean? In a real way, not just like, oh, I volunteered at a soup kitchen or whatever, which is fine. You, you should definitely do that, and it's definitely going to help you. But, you know, when you when you make something yours, then it becomes completely different. 
And yeah. uh, on that note, you have you're, you've kind of been a serial entrepreneur. We got a lot of stuff going on. Tell me about some of the projects you got going on now. Yeah, I mean, I've got um, um, I'm a co-owner of a software company called Fitbro Tracker. We've got a, a, a coaching consulting company called Ignition Year, um, and yeah, couples entrepreneurs community called Ubuntu. Ubuntu is an African proverb meaning "I am" because we are. Um, it's also a Linux distribution back in the day. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, 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 yeah. I hear that. It was my favorite. <laughs> yeah, people are like the computer software. I'm like, no, that, what was it like? 1994. <laughs> it was a while um, ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we got a, a mastermind called the Lab. Of course, I mentioned I'm this uh, chief of operations for Dr. Lyons' uh, company. So yeah, I got a lot of different things going on. Um, diversification is really an important thing to us because I I want to be able to have financial independence and um you know money provides safety and it provides security it allows for me to provide in ways that um i don't have to rely on other people and i i want to be diverse because i don't know what the future holds i don't know if there's another you know covid lockdown you know bullshit scenario coming or what's going to happen now with you know um our troops being killed in iran and syria and all that shit like as i want to be financially independent. I want to, I want to have a uh, security there. Um, and so that's why we have so many different companies, uh, and, uh, there's, so, they're so diverse. Yeah. And you guys have, um, there, there's a, uh, something going on in the summertime you guys are doing. I can't remember what it was called, but I know my buddy Ray care, Ray cash care is involved mm-hmm. in it and Gabby as well. What, can you tell me about yeah. that? What, what is it and what's going on there? Yeah, that's cool. So our uh, it's called the Ignite Your Life Experience. It's a two day event. We go whitewater rafting. Mm. Um, that's on the nineteenth of July. Then we go to a, a private um, diamond mixer. A friend of ours owns this a badass diamond shop. Um, she's plugged in with a, the second largest diamond broker in the world. So we do a private VIP mixer there. And then uh, the next day we have a mastermind where Ray Cash Care is speaking, um, Doctor Lyon, um, Alex Simon. Uh, Lindsay Schwartz, uh, Jen Gottlieb, and uh, and some others, and uh, it's all about we have three pillars: health, wealth, and relationships. So just elevating in those three areas, um, and then it's being capped off with a ice ice bath extravaganza. We're building the world's largest ice bath. Uh, it's being engineered to have 500 people getting in all at once. It's a um, it's a fundraiser for the St. Luke's Children's Cancer Institute. We are going to be donating $100,000 to this, uh, this Institute for, for kids fighting cancer. And it's going to be a big community event. We're, we're going to, um, projected to have over a thousand people at it. So it's going to be uh, a, a pretty badass weekend, July 19 and 20 of this year. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I like the, I like the breakdown of that because, you know, I talk about this in the, in the veteran veteran suicide space a lot. We've got a hardware and software issue, right. At the mm-hmm. same time, and you can have one or the other, but having both fucking sucks. I mean, the hardware issue, you, you alluded to it before, but the average 21-year-old in America right now has the same level of testosterone that a 65-year-old had in 2001, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's unacceptable, obviously. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. factors that contribute to that, but heavy metals and plastics are probably the worst. Uh, hormones and foods, we used to think it was primarily hormones and foods. Turns out probably heavy metals, endocrine disruptors in general are all over the place. The soaps you mm-hmm. use, all kinds of shit, so you should definitely look at that. Um, and you should also find someone somewhere to get your your hormone levels checked and get your gut health checked as well. Because if you're talking about being a functional member of society, 95% of your serotonin is developed in your gut. 
And if your gut's mm-hmm. all fucked up, you're going to be a miserable piece of shit all the time, right? Like, and, and yeah. it's very dangerous too because, and I mentioned this anytime I, I give these talks, um, everything in your life is going to be going okay for the most mm-hmm. part, and you're still going to feel miserable, and that is a very dangerous spot to be in because there's totally. no light at the end of that tunnel. It, it feels hopeless. And then, of course, the software issue. I mean, we, we've this this is like one of the most underaddressed or misunderstood issues we have going these days. Um, and what people don't know is that 30% of suicides now in the military are people that have never deployed before ever. Right. So maybe there's some stress in their life, but not the kind you think it's not, it's not this reductive, Oh, he, his buddy died in his arms. So now he wants to kill himself. That ain't, that's not what it is anymore. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it never was right. Um, like how can so many people, how, how can a third of people who kill themselves in the military not have had combat experience? And then still you think combat experience is the, the, the issue Mm-hmm. Um, what I've learned through year the, the through the years is that it isn't just like combat and stress that corrupts people's souls. It's a lack of purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're we're right. all like you mentioned, you're going to be running around uncomfortable and sad and anxious all the time and not feel right, even when things are going good. Um, you have to develop a sense of identity that is focused on service to other people because that's how human beings are biologically programmed that's why we build society and civilization shit that's why we build our families and take care of each other is because we're programmed to do that because that's you know you can get into a chicken or egg thing about it but it doesn't matter because that's the way it fucking is right yeah so and doing hard shit too you know this the you know we're building the world's largest ice bath um 500 people getting into it I don't, I don't, I don't know how much ice it's going to take. I don't know how much water stay. I don't know, you know, engineering. There's a lot of shit. I don't know, um, that, you know, it, it kind of stresses me out, but that's the entire point. The reason why, you know, we set this six figure goal to donate to a charity with kids with cancer. And you can, you can bet your ass. We're not going to miss that goal. Um, the reason why we, we set out to build this massive ice bath that's never been done before is because I truly believe that um, that we've got to get in the arena. Like we've we've got to do things that um, that challenge us to grow and to figure shit out and to make things happen. And and that's where I get my sense of purpose from is is doing really big things, setting big audacious goals that um, I don't know exactly how we're going to do it, but we're going to do it, and we're we're going to burn the ships in the process, and we're going to figure the shit out. And I've got a, I've got a badass team that's fully bought into it, but, um, just in, just in setting these goals alone, you know, stresses me out. Um, but it's for a really worthwhile cause. Like w- the reason why we're doing it, um, you know, for everybody that's coming to the event, you know, it's a, it's like a couple centric event where we're, we're looking to get husband and wives or boyfriends, girlfriends, or, you know, people in relationships together to have a really cool, badass experience together and something that's going to be a high watermark for their year. Um, but we didn't have to go so big with this ice bath and for this donation. Uh, but that's where that it's going to be through the process of making it happen and overcoming all of the challenges and, and all the different ways we're going to get told no. And and we've already been told no, like we, you know, the, our, our number one spot, we wanted to do it. They're like, there's no way you can set up anything like that here. Mm. Um, that evolution is only going to make us better and stronger and, you know, um, our Greek ancestors used to say on the other side of adversity is where passion is found. Hmm. 
And so my way of getting more passionate for life and, and for having greater impact is by setting big ass borderline impossible goals and then just figuring shit out along the way. And, you know, I think that's something that's missing in a lot of people's lives. They don't set big enough goals and they don't do things that freak them out. And, you know, if it stresses them out or if, if, if they're not quite sure how they're going to do it, they, they set a lower standard and they set a more comfortable standard and they give themselves goals that they have an 85 to hundred percent chance of achieving. And therefore they're never really challenged and therefore they never really learn anything and they never really grow. And therefore they never really find this sense of, of achievement and passion. And, um, I think, um, that's missing in a lot of people's lives and it could be easily changed by just elevating your standards and, and elevating your goals. Uh, and then surrounding yourself with other badasses that are going to help you uh, get there. And they're not going to dream too small. They're going to dream just as big or bigger as you. Um, and together, you're going to make really big shit happen. Yeah. I mean, you're going to rise and fall to the level of the company you keep. That's a that's a fucking mm -hmm. fact. And it's a fine mm -hmm. line in that dance um, because everyone will ask what's the worst that can happen when they're considering something. And fucking winners will be like what's the worst that can happen and shrug and losers will be like what's the worst thing can happen and start to ideate on what's the worst like the worst outcomes mm -hmm. that is a mm -hmm. choice that you make you make the choice uh and i'm not talking about like uh, uh any kind of create like vision boards and shit like that i'm just like practically speaking if you sit around and let the negative bullshit like consume your thoughts about something you may or may not be willing to do um then you're going to fucking fail. Like mm -hmm. most of the time you're going to fail. If you succeed, it'll be just coincidence or luck, frankly. Yeah. But if you just like, yeah. well, what's the worst that can happen? Like I'm going to start a new business. What's the worst that can happen? It'll fail. And I'll mm -hmm. start another one, mm -hmm. motherfucker. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like most, yeah. of the, most of the people I know that have done really well in entrepreneurship have a, a fucking slew of failed businesses that led up to oh, that totally. one success, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then you hit on another thing that's really important. It's really good to struggle for people. Um, mm -hmm. It's... Uh, to 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 avoid the the depression and anger though that comes with struggle, that struggle needs to be clearly defined. Like the purpose of it needs to be clearly defined. I think it's a big pro another part of that software problem that military veterans have. Is like we do all this crazy shit for what fucking purpose? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's hard to convince me that anything we did in the Middle East was in support of protecting our country at this point. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And guys yeah. feel a certain way about that. I assume more. Uh, probably the same as uh, Vietnam vets felt like, what the fuck was the point mm -hmm. of all the wire? All my friends dead, but mm -hmm. you know, um, and you, you talk to world war two veterans back in the day and sure they had plenty of stress as well. I mean, they saw stuff that people shouldn't see. That's just, you know, it, it's happened throughout human history. Um, but they knew it was for a reason, right? So when they fucking see their friends, gravestones, yeah, they're going to get emotional, but it's not going to lead them to kill themselves, right? Yeah. That shit matters. Yeah. It matters how we use the tools afforded to us and that mm -hmm. we do it responsibly. Um, I think that makes a big difference in life. So that's something to think about, you know, when you're don't, – don't let the – don't let the risk dissuade you. Shit, that should be an attractive thing, right? Yeah. Because risk yeah, is always it. like – risk over a long enough time period is is 100 invariably married to reward right you just have to mm -hmm. fucking keep doing it this is the way it is mm -hmm. yeah 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 man people would people would be better versions of themselves if they uh if they took more calculated risk with with um better people on their their left and right and um 
and leaned into the adversity, leaned into the uh, the the opportunity to um, learn more about themselves and to grow. They would be better husbands, better fathers, better mothers and daughters. I mean, you just you're a better human as a result. Uh, and one of the one of the saddest things to me is when somebody you know looks at where they're at today and they're they're no better than they were 12 months ago. Um, I think that's a really tragic thing because there's there there's no reason. Uh, other than shying away from challenge and, and shying away from setting big goals and and uh, you know surrounding yourself by losers, that it has to be that way. I mean, you, you're in total control over being a much much better person in 12 months than you are today. But it's going to take the work. Like you, you've got to do the work. And and knowledge is not power. It's what you do with it that becomes powerful. Mm. Yeah, it's a good way to end this. Uh, we got to get out of here. But before we do. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you and find all your, your stuff they're looking for you. Yeah, man. I mean, um, I'm on Instagram, Matt Schneider underscore official. Um, and you know, you bring up, uh, the thing about the the toxins and the heavy metals and stuff. W- one thing, if any of your listeners, if they want to hit me up in, in my DMS, if they're interested in getting a deep dive, uh, from, um, our practice over at the, uh, Dr. Lyon spot, um, they can let me know if they listen to this and, uh, I'll get them. I'll get them hooked up with, with, uh, with a deep dive that we do over there so they can understand what's going on in their gut. Sweet. Well, that's, uh, yeah, I'm actually working on that process right now with, uh, Peter over at your guys' office. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, yeah. So look, thanks for coming today. It's been a great conversation. I appreciate your time. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Anytime. And thank you all for listening. This has been citizen. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.